Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. I'm Heather Klug, registered dietitian with the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center. With me today is Bethany DeBrew Adams, our health communications coordinator. Hello, Bethany. Hello, Heather. It is May, and May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. And this year, here at the Karen Yon Center, we are spreading the word by encouraging everyone out there to play to win against heart disease by building their mental health toolbox. Ooh, I like that. Right? I can visualize it already. All right. So mm-hmm. what does this mean? It means learning strategies to cope with not only the everyday mental health struggles we face, but also having a strategy to seek help from a professional if things get to that point, and also to help stomp out the stigma against mental health. Oh yeah, that's that's real important. Yeah. So whether you are well-versed in mental self-care or you don't know where to start, hang out with us for the next few minutes and we're here to get you thinking about your mental health toolbox and what you want to fill it with. Ooh, now I can picture myself filling my toolbox that I was visualizing. Very visualization. (laughs) Good skills there, Heather. How about we go over the heart health impacts of mental illness? For sure, because I don't think people really think about that. Right. Remember, a large and growing body of research shows that mental health is associated with risk factors for heart disease before a diagnosis of a mental health disorder and during treatment. These effects can arise both directly through biological pathways and indirectly through risky health behaviors. Mm -hmm. People experiencing depression, anxiety, stress, and PTSD is one of them. If these are experienced over a long period of time, There can be certain physiologic effects on the body, like increased cardiac reactivity. So we're talking increased blood pressure or increased heart rate. There's also reduced blood flow to the heart and increased levels of that nasty stress hormone cortisol. Mm -hmm. Over time, these can lead to calcium buildup in the arteries, metabolic disease, and heart disease. Right. Now, we also need to consider people who've experienced a cardiac event. So something like a heart attack or a stroke or heart failure. Mm -hmm. These folks are at increased risk of developing a mental health disorder like depression, anxiety, or even PTSD. Mm -hmm. And these can develop after an acute cardiac event because it's a traumatic event for most people. Nobody has a stroke and is like, oh, that was no big deal. Or a heart attack. Or a heart attack. You might be worried you're going to get another one. Right, exactly. You might be afraid of the pain Mm -hmm. that you encountered while you were in the midst of this event. Or even things like financial issues that arise after the event is over because, you know, having the heart attack is free, getting care for it afterward is not. Right. Also consider some medications used to treat mental health disorders, particularly some antipsychotics, Mm -hmm. can raise cardiometabolic risk as they can be associated with obesity, insulin resistance, diabetes, atrial fibrillation, also known as AFib, stroke, heart attacks, and death. And I just want to mention that antipsychotics are not only given to people who have quote-unquote 
psychosis, right, which is a whole yeah. other, you know, category of mental health issues. There's a lot of people that might take these for a variety of things. Right. So something to keep in mind. And finally, mental health disorders such as anxiety, depression, and PTSD can increase the chance of adopting behaviors like being inactive or having poor eating habits or smoking due to the fact that those experiencing these disorders may have fewer healthy coping strategies or, you know, the effects of the disorder itself may make it more difficult to engage in healthy behaviors. Like, I can speak from experience when I am depressed, it is hard enough to just get out of bed, let alone get out of bed and go for a walk or right. make myself a healthy breakfast or yeah. whatever. It's yeah. just hard it's to do. It's different from feeling sad. It's Yes. Yes. Very different. So. Yes. All right. Considering all of that, let's talk next about what we can put in our mental health toolbox to combat these issues so that we're ready when the time comes. All right. So you're picturing your toolbox right mm-hmm. there. Well, I have three main tools. Much like you would need a hammer, a wrench, and a screwdriver Ah. in your toolbox at home, these are your three big things that you want in your own mental health toolbox. Okay. So the first thing is fighting stigma. So when you're feeling mentally healthy, this is a great time to be active against the stigma of mental illness, especially given the mental health challenges that many of us have faced during the ongoing pandemic. More people may actually be open right now to conversations about mental illness and changes to the status quo. Yeah. So I think think so. Yeah. I think a lot of people have realized that, you know, this might be a little more widespread than I thought. Well, I kind of feel like because everything that's been going on in the last year with COVID-19, mm-hmm. we're all experiencing the same exact thing. Right. Right? It's like we're all in the same boat. Right. We're maybe experiencing different um, levels of it. Right. Right. So we're all in the same boat, but we're not experiencing the same storm. Ooh. You're good but, with the analogies, right. Bethany. Well, you know. I like that. Deep thoughts. So how do we fight this stigma? Because we often talk a good game, but we might not exactly know what to do. And the mm-hmm. first thing, educate yourself. And then go out and educate your family and friends about mental health. You know, learn what it is, learn what it isn't, mm-hmm. and how mental illness or disorders can be treated. Because right. they can. That's another myth that needs to be dispelled. Yeah. The second thing is to use appropriate language when discussing issues of mental health. So obviously, I think, you know, we would note avoid terms like crazy or nuts or psycho to describe people who may have a mental health disorder. Yeah. But also things like saying Susie has bipolar disorder as opposed to saying Susie is bipolar. Oh, yeah. That way you're... That's a big difference. Right. You're Mm -hmm. not dehumanizing the person and, you know, equating them with just their diagnosis. Yeah. The third thing is to share real-life examples of people with mental health disorders. So whether it's your own personal experience or that of someone that you admire who's come forward to speak about their experiences... Share them with the people around you and talk about why they're important to you. You know, we've worked together now for almost five years, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty forthcoming with my mental health struggles throughout the years. And the reason I try to be open and, you know, talk about them like a normal thing is they are a normal thing, I guess, first of all. But I want to encourage people to actually 
have these conversations and normalize mm-hmm. these conversations. Right. The fourth thing is to encourage equity between physical and mental health disorders. So, you know, remind people that you would never blame someone for having a heart attack or having kidney failure. You can't blame somebody for having a mental health disorder. It is not a character flaw. It is not a moral failing. It is a disease. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just how it is. And finally, listen to and support others with mental health concerns. Be compassionate, be kind. Mm -hmm. Each person with a mental health disorder, you know, their experience is real, it's valid, and it's unique to them. So just be kind and treat others with these issues the same way that you would hope that you would be treated. All right, very good points. So the second tool for your toolbox is to learn how to do a self-check. Yes. Just like taking your blood pressure or doing a breast self-exam, we need to learn to do a weekly or daily mental health (laughs) check-in. There are many quick and easy checklists, but one of the best is from the NIH and involves just a few quick questions. Right. So the first question is, do I have mild symptoms that have lasted for less than two weeks? This can mean feeling a little down, feeling down, but still being able to do your normal activities, Mm -hmm. like going to work or doing housework, feeling down but still taking care of yourself and any others you're responsible for, including pets, or having trouble sleeping. Right. And then to kind of piggyback off of that, the second question is, can I use some strategies in this instance to help me feel better? So this can include any number of things, you know, like going out for a run or a bike ride or, you know, meeting up with a friend either in person or virtually, maybe eating a healthy dinner you know, or even practicing mindfulness or relaxation. And if these things aren't helping you to feel better, you may want to talk to your healthcare provider. Right. Another question you can ask yourself in the self-check, do I have severe symptoms that have lasted two weeks or more? These can include appetite changes that result in unwanted weight changes. And that's either gaining a lot of weight or losing a lot of weight Difficulty sleeping, struggling to get out of bed in the morning because of mood, difficulty concentrating, inability to perform your usual daily activities and responsibilities, or thoughts of self-harm or death. If you answer yes to any of these, it's time to seek professional help. Right. And if, you know, you can always reach out to a hotline or you can reach out to your primary care provider Usually, at least, they can get you started Mm -hmm. and point you in the right direction. Yeah. So the final piece of this mental health toolbox is to plan some activities that nurture the six areas of mental health. Hmm. I bet you didn't know there were six areas. I didn't know there were six (laughs) till you told me. No. All right. So what are the six areas? So they are physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, personal and professional. And the nice thing about it is, you know, it might sound like, oh my gosh, now I have to do something in every category to make myself mentally healthy. But a lot of them overlap. Okay. All right. That's That's, a plus. That is a plus. So let's talk about the first one, the physical. Right. So this is obviously taking care of your physical body. And that can be done these are, I think these are a lot of the standard ways we think of self-care. Eating a healthy diet, for example, getting regular healthy sleep, making sure you exercise, 
getting a massage, you know, mm-hmm. enjoying physical intimacy. And that can mean obviously either sexual intimacy or things like holding hands or hugs. You know, yeah. people are getting vaccinated now. So you can go do this with some right. of these folks. Right. With their consent. With their, well, yes, of course, with their (laughs) consent. And hopefully they're vaccinated too. So make sure you're safe. But the one I want to mention, and I think it's something that people don't necessarily think of, is making sure you're getting your regular medical care. I Mm. think in the last Mm -hmm. year, between the shutdown and just a general fear of getting sick, people put off a lot of their maintenance appointments and all of, you know, everything from going to the dentist to getting a mammogram. Right. You know, it's important to make sure that you get all those booked and you get in. I know here at Aurora, we have our safe care promise. Masks, every, you know, you are safe when you come to get these tests. Right, right. So make sure you're doing that because it's very important to take care of your physical health. Yes, All right. That's great. Let's go through the second area of mental health, and that is psychological. Right. And so psychological, it's kind of one of these things that's a weird thing to try to describe. But the best description I've heard of it is it's a state of optimal mental health means an individual coordinates the flow of energy in a way that maximizes their well-being and the well-being of those around them. Oh. So you, you're putting out positive vibes into your life and others' lives. Mm, and okay. the way to do this, you can make time for self-reflection. You can meditate. You can go into therapy or counseling, even if you are mentally healthy. You know, it's always nice to be able to talk to somebody who's a impartial third party in yes. conversation. You can journal you can do a creative activity. These are all ways to help nourish that psychological part. Yeah. Okay, how about the third area, emotional? I always think of this as similar to psychological, but I'm guessing it's a little different. It's a little different because emotion is kind of dealing with what you feel in your, what we we say, what you feel in your heart, Okay. So it's being able to notice your emotions and you're having the appropriate emotions at the appropriate time. Okay. So like if you're having an upsetting emotion, you can notice it and you can make sure that you're keeping it in check or whatever at that moment. So ways to nourish your emotional self, you can explore a new hobby. Mm -hmm. My favorite, cuddling with my pet. Oh, yes. That always always makes me feel Mm -hmm. good. You can engage in your community. Cry. You know, we don't give enough credence to crying when you need to cry. Laugh. Get on YouTube. Lord knows there's plenty of, like, funny stuff on the internet for you to to watch. You know, those kinds of things all make you feel good and help your emotional well-being. Okay. How about the fourth area of mental health? This is spiritual. So what can we do for that? Right. And spiritual, obviously, it can mean religion. So you can connect with your spiritual community or your church. But it doesn't necessarily have to mean religion. It just means these things that make you feel something outside of yourself. Yeah. So spending time in nature is a good Mm. one, especially now that the weather's improving. Oh, yeah. Right? You can practice forgiveness and find people in your life who you know you need to forgive. You can volunteer, which Mm. is a great way to reach out. You can sing or dance. That's going to make you feel happy. Okay. A lot of people feel very spiritual when they do yoga. Oh, yeah. You know, those Mm -hmm. are all kind of ways to nourish that area. Mm Mm-hmm. The fifth area of mental health is personal. Right. So this is kind of who you are Mm. as a human. So looking at making, you know, this area really rich 
reflect on who you are and what makes you special. That's a good way to start. Okay. You know, read a book that you would like. Learn a new skill. Make time for your friends. Spend Mm -hmm. time with your family. And if you want to make changes in your life, Plan out some goals. Set some SMART Mm -hmm. goals for yourself. You know, these are all good things to do. All right. The sixth and last area of mental health is professional. Yeah. And I think this one is the hardest for a lot of people because you have to confront something outside of yourself Mm. here. So some of the things you can do in your work life, taking your full lunch break, Mm. taking your lunch break away from your desk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, leave work at work, which is hard to do, especially for those who are still working from home. Oh, that's probably hard to separate those two. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Take mental health days if you need it, just like you would take a regular sick day. Learn to say no. Oh, this is, (laughs) I think, a very, very tough one for women. Yes, just in general, not even just... This used to be one of my hard ones, Mm -hmm. and then I read this book, and I don't remember the name of it, but, you know, it mentioned in there that you don't always have to give somebody an answer right away. Like when somebody asks you to do something, Mm -hmm. you don't have to say yes. Just to please that person. Know that really. You know that as a child. I know, but when <laughs> but when another adult is asking you to do right. something and they feel like you'd be a good fit for it or they want help for it, you don't have to say yes. That's what I had to learn how to do. And mm-hmm. I had to learn to say, you know what, I need to think about that. I need right. to see if this is a good fit for me or I need to see if I have time to do this because if I'm going to do it, I want to do it well. Yeah. I don't want to say yes and then I'm not going to do a good job at it. Right. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or I look at it as it's an opportunity for maybe somebody else to do something and be helpful. Right. And along that line is setting some boundaries too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if there are boundaries that you need And the last one, and this is something that I know you believe in and I believe in, it's using your vacation time. Oh, yeah. I'm using mine next week. I used mine a couple (laughs) weeks ago. So I think it's so important. People get so little vacation time here in America. You might as well use it. You need the break. We all need the break. That's right. All very important things. All right. So those were the six areas of mental health. Mm -hmm. That you didn't even know you had. So what is the Karen Yant Center doing for Mental Health Awareness Month? I know you have something great planned, Bethany. Oh, gosh, all the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're visiting Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center, make sure you stop by the Karen Yant Center. Again, we're located in the main second floor galleria entry of the hospital. Mm -hmm. And you can check out some of our displays that we're going to have that talk about ways that you can build your mental health toolbox and get or keep yourself mm-hmm. on a path to solid mental health. And those who visit the center get something. So you get a complimentary mental health toolkit mm-hmm. that contains a lot of great information and some fun surprises, too. Ooh, they may or may not be aroma stones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away the farm. Oh, sorry. And a few other goodies. Okay. We also have YouTube videos, so check out our YouTube channel and the short informational videos about mental health and ideas for ways to nurture each of the six areas of mental health that Bethany just went through. Right, and finally, we have some takeaway games. So if you're passing through or an Advocate Aurora team member, 
Stop by and pick up a few of our mental health games to earn some healthy living points. And you're also entered into a drawing to win a fantastic prize that will help you have better mental health. I'm oh, not right. telling what it is. Oh, but we have several prizes. But there will be several to choose okay. from. Yes. All right. Well, being mentally healthy, much like being physically healthy, is an active undertaking. Yes. That's why we need the most effective tools for each of us. Mm -hmm. By building a mental health toolbox today, you will be better prepared to take care of your mental health, which helps your heart health in the long run. Thanks for listening today, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at Renaissance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.darinyantcenter.org. Like us on Facebook at Center and follow us on If you like what you hear, so and be sure to tell us. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.